When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, good evening and welcome to this week's More Labour podcast, the only rugby podcast that gives you the news, views and opinion on the weekend's rugby action, all with a West Country accent. You can find us on Twitter, we are at More Labour Podcast, uh, usually upsetting people. We are on Facebook, More Labour Rugby Podcast. You can find us, uh, all of our content on Anchor, as well as Apple Podcasts and uh, lots of other podcatchers, but you probably already know that because you listen to this now. Um, this week I'm joined by Ben. Welcome back, Ben. Long time no speak. Hello, mate. You right? Yeah, good, mate. Good. And uh, the lensman is with us. How you doing, Doug? All good, mate. Thank you. All good. Safely back from uh, from your travels in Italy. We'll we'll talk a bit about that in a minute, no doubt. Um, lots of stuff going on uh, in the world of rugby this week. Obviously, there was the European action at the weekend, which we'll do a bit of a run through. We'll talk through some of the main uh, talking points that may have been missed by pods that were recorded earlier in the week. And we'll look forward to the return of the Premiership this weekend. Um, so starting with Europe, we'll sort of fly through the uh, the English clubs and, and the groups that they're in. Uh, we'll start with, with Group 1. Um, that's the group containing Northampton Saints, Doug. You were in uh, Italy on Saturday for Benetton versus Northampton. How was it? It was good. Um, nice trip. Had a nice dinner out on the, on the Friday night. Um, pissed down the rain on the Saturday. Nice little ground. Decent club. Um, Saints were very, very poor, um, but stuck around and ground out a result. Uh, Dan Bigger's probably. Well, he's grown on me with every game he plays, really. He gets better and better and better. He's an excellent player, and he's Dan Bigger, and probably doesn't get the credit. He deserves, for most English fans, probably because he's Welsh. Um, but if there was another fly half in world rugby I'd want to play for England, it would probably be damn bigger. Ben? Yeah, I might not go that far. I, I 
probably take Dan Carter, um, not Dan Carter, Bowden Barrett. Um, but um, I see, I wouldn't. No, I would. Um, but yeah, we were, we were talking about this a few weeks ago, weren't we? That the the Welsh sort of fly halves, if they're not sort of dazzling like Barry John or Phil Bennett or, or Jonathan Davis, then they get sort of written off a little bit until they've retired. So your Jenkins and your Stephen Jones, that those kind of characters, all, all excellent players who've gone on to become decent coaches and they're not really appreciated. And I think Big suffers from that a bit because he's a uh, you know, solid in defence, good kicker. And um, he just sort of gets overlooked a bit, but I think he's, he's a very good player. And like you say, um, he's someone you'd want on your side in a, in a tough corner for sure. The um, the Northampton side, obviously, they've got that really young and exciting backline. Uh, I think Collins and Slight Home played at the weekend because they brought back in um, Tuala, which must have been exciting for you, Doug. Oh. <laughs> Say no more. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the blokes. Yeah, he's an he's an absolute liability. And, you know, Dingle was on the bench. Um, Furbank on the bench. Furbank on the bench, sorry. Yeah, Dingle wasn't. He was? Playing, but was it? Oh, I can't remember. Um, yeah, he's just... He's trying to find, like, a... You know, an equivalent. It, but, you know, when England were playing... Um, who was that fly half that played for London Welsh and Bath? Ollie Barkley? Yeah. And everyone knew he wasn't up to it, but he kept getting picked, and he keeps getting picked, and keeps getting picked. And I don't know. What uh, Way- Weybridge School, Ollie Barkley. Was he? What? How old is he in relation to us, Ben? He's not far away, is he? From same, us? same age. Same age. Yeah. As yeah. I uh, damaged my knee <laughs> tackling him once in uh, in about under 16s. Really? Could have been a contender. Yeah. You could have put us all out of our misery, couldn't you, and just done some really nasty <laughs> things. Then we wouldn't have had to have 10 years of watching it. Just for the benefit of the tape as well, uh, the, the pause at the start of this conversation was Doug just sort of hyperventilating, trying to just control his breathing when the, when the name Tuala came up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how we laughed. Um, and as far as Benetton are concerned, obviously they, they caused, they have caused some problems in the, uh, in the pro 14 this season. Um, and they played Leinster in, in the first round. Are they improving as far as you know? Oh, yeah, as they, far they, as competition they, goes, they were more than the match for Saints. In fact, um, they could have argued that they they could have come away with a bit of a result, really. And Saints Saints were pretty sketchy. I, they they just um, yeah, Benetton were very competitive at the breakdown. They had some particularly good um, number ten was. Uh, decent. Uh, what's his name? He's got an English name. Tom oh, Tomas Allen. Yeah, he was decent. He played really well. Um, and they've got a, quite a gnarly pack as well. So, um, problem with Saints is we we sort of, it, 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 there's this sort of hangover. You know, we get ourselves in all kinds of dangles and tangles. You know what I mean? Like we can't just put put a game to bed. You know, we sort. Of, I think there was there was a period where. Well, we were quite a way down at half time and then we fought back and then it was one of those classic we score a penalty to go up they score a penalty to equalize then a try and they're in front and then we get to come back and it's just 
you know, the old Saints fan in me was like, oh, well, we're, we're definitely going to screw this up. Um, but I don't know. There seems to be a bit more grit about it, um, about the side at the moment. And it's it's quite nice to see after years of rubbish. And it, interestingly, you see the, the quote that Dan Bigger said about um, Chris Boyd being the best coach he's ever worked under. I didn't see that, no. That's interesting. Considering some of the coaches he's worked with, I, I think that's pretty high praise isn't it really um and you, you can see it sort of the whole atmosphere around the team has changed and it, it's a it's a good place to be at the moment at the saints and they, they are going to have to play better next week against uh leinster otherwise they'll get a pumping hmm. or in the next round well, the next round is is a double header against, or the next sort of the next round is a double header against Leinster, isn't it? Yeah, um, and that so, that could be a make or break thing for the season, really, because if we if we come off of that, you know, with, with two absolute fistings, I, I'm not sure how we'll sort of bounce back. Whether or not they've kind of said, well, everyone's going to lose to Leinster, so we're essentially playing for second place. So we, all we've got to do is beat, you know, Benetton home and away and Leon home and away. Hmm. Well, I, I genuinely the way Leinster are playing at the moment, and I, I could see Northampton pulling an upset if if they turn up on their day with the the young stars they've got coming through. I think I think they could actually do something. Do you know, I think the, the the thing Saints have got now is that if they fire, they'll blow anyone off the pitch. But yeah, if they're bad. They can grind results out against you know teams from. 6th to 12th in the Premiership but they won't beat any of the well, you say 6th to 12th from 3rd to 12th in the Premiership any of those teams that are sort of you know, sticking to the salary cap they, they, they can compete with and anyone outside that, maybe they can't if they have a bad day but I'm, I'm, you know, we've already beaten Saracens I know not a lot of the Saracens you know, England players were there if any and but sooner or later that they're going to have to prove that they can do that well, we we shall wait and see as far as that's concerned. Um, the other result in that group saw uh, Leinster obviously beat Leon 13-6 away from home. Um, not the most convincing performance from Leinster, but uh, Leon are top of the, the they are top of the top fourteen. Um, but they've lost their their two opening games in in the the Champions Cup, which is pretty surprising. Um, moving on to Pool Two or Group 2, should we say, is the group with Exeter Chiefs and Sale in it. Uh, Exeter atop with maximum points so far, and they ground out a fantastic result, a bonus point win against Glasgow on Saturday. Do you think this could be a season for, for Chiefs to really push themselves in um, in Europe, Ben? Um, I think that's one of the reasons for Hog coming in, um, is that they do want to make a more concerted effort at Europe. Um, I suppose in a World Cup year, it's a little bit more up in the air. You know, you've got teams that might be competitive in most years, maybe not throwing their best players at it early on so you can get a good start. I know Exeter have had players out of the World Cup as well, but we've got a, a strong squad that's fairly consistent in quality. Um, so I think they're, they're, they're going to be in with a good chance. You know, there'll be a few teams that fancy it now with, Perhaps if uh, Saracens aren't coming at it with all guns blazing. Um, oh, that's Ospreys. Yeah. 
But, you know, beating Glasgow is a good start because Glasgow, especially in the group stages, are, can be very dangerous. It was probably a good day to play them because it was absolutely filthy down this end of the country on uh, on Saturday. But, um, you know, that's a bonus point win against those guys at home. You can't really go any, any better than that. Well, except doing it away, I guess. But um... <laughs> You can't really do it any better than that. Other than this, <laughs> and it, oh, you know, nearly uh, nearly went to watch that. Did you? Yeah, we. Uh, I nearly uh, won the lottery, Ben. But yeah, we, some story we, that Ben. We, we, you went to watch rugby on Saturday. We, we got we got offered tickets, but um, I went down to uh, St Ives for a second team match, and uh, Dave uh, went with the first team to Sunny Alugan. Oh, that sounds nice. Yeah. In a in a monsoon, so uh, yeah, we're um, definitely dedicated to uh, grassroots rugby down here. Did you win? Um, no. Yeah. Oh no! You we lost to a you lost no, to a Luggan no. Park. No, I lost to St Ives. We beat oh Luggan. right. First team beat a Luggan, and uh, but yeah, we went down to St Ives and got something of an ass in. <laughs> Oh well. Um I imagine Cornish local rugby though is, you know, the away you don't really travel to away games expecting to win, do you? No, certainly not at second team level, no. You you're lucky if you travel with a, a full complement of players. Yeah. Let well, alone when the um when the fixture list came out back in the summer, we had uh, the first team had sent just away on the twenty eighth of September, I think it was. And I said back in July, I, said, I was like, I'll definitely be selected for that one. <laughs> Picking your first team appearances because, based, just because based it's, on where the fixtures are. It, it's as far as you can go. And uh, everyone that travels down there tends to go with, without a few regulars. So uh, I had that one penciled in very early. So Just is the most westerly club in the country, isn't it? Is that right? It's got to be the most it has to westerly. Be, you know? If you drive any further, you're in the sea. <laughs> yeah european cup rugby <laughs> yeah let's get back to that um sale also uh got on the board with a victory on sunday um beating la rochelle and la rochelle have been somewhat of a disappointment obviously after losing to exeter at home um let's talk about mr borgerit borgerit it. I'm not going to, you know, I've probably not got that right. Gougie McGougerson. He's got six weeks today for gouging. Um, and I noticed on uh, on the uh, the BBC that, that Will Addison, for comparison, has had a dangerous tackle, in inverted commas, and has got four weeks. Um, it's been reduced to 12, mitigated through... Um, what was this? Oh, the guilty plea and previous good behaviour. But surely you fucking go someone, you get a fucking hefty ban. You don't, you know, you don't do anything else, do you? Well, I'm not. I'm not sure where this sort of leniency for the guilty plea can still be in place because they're all they're all getting caught from multiple camera angles doing whatever they're doing. So you can hardly plead innocent, can you? Like you've got half of his eyeballs stuck under your fingernails, and you've been caught on camera doing it, but you can have half your penalty half your penalty taken away just by pleading guilty. It just 
it, it beggars belief, doesn't it? It doesn't make any sense. I know. Oh, yeah, I'm guilty. Yeah, sorry about that. Bang to rights. But uh, it's like being caught, you know, chopping someone's head off on camera and saying, yeah, so, sorry about that. I did it. Um, can I have a half sentence, please? Ridiculous. I'd argue that I'd rather be gouged than have my head shot, shot, uh, chopped off. You, you know what I mean. Stop being, stop being pedantic. <laughs> Fucking childish little pedant. I'm just, uh, no, I'm just pulling gonna... you up on your journalistic tendencies, Russ. Yeah, you're going to get us labelled as pro gouging in a minute. Um, I don't mind a bit of gouging. Just, I just make it no holds barred again. Just, oh, just let it go. Um. He's gonna sing and he's gonna sing. Wait, turn all turn all the cameras off. I wasn't gonna sing. <laughs> no, I um, yeah. Look, I. Who cares? <laughs> like, gen- genuinely, I mean, he got banned. What, what? I mean, what do you want him to do? Do you want him to like do the the Game of Thrones shame walk through Worcester? <laughs> I don't know what that is. Why Worcester? The, uh, I don't know. Why not? <laughs> in the middle of the country most people can get there that's why they do it <laughs> oh it, you people you know the, the the problem is within within the um sort of points of emphasis at the moment ta- dangerous tackles and tackling with co- correctly are, are one of the things that they're coming down hard on and probably because there hasn't been anyone that's actually gouged anyone since Dylan Hartley did it in like 96 or whatever it was, that's sort of gone under the radar a bit. The punishment for that's gone under the radar a bit. Whereas, you know, they are throwing the book at people who commit dangerous tackles or high tackles. So there, there may be a, a bit of a, you know, after this ban, there may, there may be something that comes along that sort of resets the, the gouging ban while we need... You know, my my fear is that you're getting six games for a bad tackle, and then you're getting six weeks for an eye gouge. I mean, sooner or later we're going to be right. If you come, if you get red carded, you just you're done for the season. You go on injured reserve. You're not allowed to play anymore. The bands are going to get longer and longer and longer to appease the the baying masses. And then what you're left with? What option are you left with? You get a thirty week ban for gouging. Well, surely we just need a, a standardised punishment system rather than, like Ben says, this bullshit mitigation yeah, for... Need more rules, yeah. No, I just think... I tune into we... rugby for the rules, don't you? Yeah, but... You're such a twat. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I nearly got drawn into a full-blown debate with you then on, on why people tune into rugby. Um, well, okay, well, let's leave that alone then. Um, well, no, Russ, can Russ, I I'm, 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 li- I'm literally asking you to interact with me on this. Where, what do you, what, what would you like the, the, the punishment to be? I mean, is six weeks not enough? Uh, no, What's no. What's appropriate punishment for G- it? Gouging's been, there's been really long bans for gouging in the past, haven't there? What did Dylan Hartley get for gouging? For example, know, he got, didn't he get like twelve weeks for calling Wayne Barnes a cheat when he was actually talking to Dan Cole? Allegedly. I'd just like to emphasise gouging is bad. <laughs> I don't think we've made that clear from this whole conversation so far. Um, but it's, all, it's, all, it's always been one of the big no-nos, isn't it? Um, it's always been one of the longest bands. And I think Doug was on to a point in that they've concentrated on the dangerous, in inverted commas, tackles 
so much that there's almost like a, a is it would it be a recency bias or have I got the wrong scientific? No, that's term? correct. Yeah, you know, in the NFL they have um, points of emphasis. So one season it's you know helmet to helmet hits. One season it's um, you know high low blocks or whatever, and they get really really punished and pulled up in games, and you see a lot of flags for them more so than you would normally until the sort of players adjust their behaviour. And I think the only way the RF or the World Rugby believes that it can alter players' behaviour is to ban people longer and increase punishments for things that they want out of the game. So we're now seeing seatbelt tackles or yellow cards, really bad tackles. I mean, there was Dan Bigger got a yellow card in the, in the Benetton game for basically a dominant tackle because the guy's legs went in the air. That's the bullshit thing, isn't it? The, the whole dominant, the seat, arm. the seat belt tackle, the dominant tackle, all that sort of stuff is the fucking bullshit that needs to just be left alone, and actually start focusing on the the things that are going to have an an impact on player safety if that's what they want to focus on. Yeah, I I just think they the the. It, it seems like, and we've said it before, we've said it quite a lot actually, that I think that refereeing is done on outcome and optic rather than facts and risk, which is a terrible way for the game to go. Yeah. Situational-based refereeing yeah. under a set of guidelines, almost yeah. like how it was And it's set almost up. like the, the, the referees, because you've got to remember, the referees want advancement and promotion as well, and Every referee that's refereeing in the Premiership wants to referee in the European Cup. Every referee that's refereeing in the European Cup wants to referee internationals. Every international ref wants to ref at the World Cup. So they are under pressure to not make mistakes. And the way you don't make mistakes is to be over, overly officious so that you pick up everything. Because I, I pretty much guarantee the guy that yellow carded... Um, Dan Bigger would have been thinking, well, his legs went up in the air, so be, it'll be all over Twitter that he went above the horizontal. So I had to yellow card him. Whereas in actual fact, he was put down on his backside and it, it wasn't actually, there was no injury, there was nothing. But he was more worried about being pulled up for it not being correct than he was about actually refereeing the situation, in my view. And that's because they're so probably so shit scared of the sanctions that they would be under. Well, yeah, I mean, he, he wants to referee at the World Cup. He wants to referee international matches, so he doesn't want to make mistakes in the European Cup. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Um, so we, we, we talked about Sale. Obviously, they are now second in Pool 2 um, or Group 2 with five points. Glasgow got four and Laura Shell have got zero. Sale... Uh, Exeter is a doubleheader coming up next. Uh, pool three, Ulster atop with eight after beating Claremont on Friday night. Um, Claremont showing so much promise in a side filled with superstars, not being able to get the job done at Ravenhill on, on Friday night. And the other two teams in that group are Harlequins versus Bath. Now, I wa- I had the, the misfortune of watching at least five or six minutes of this on Saturday. <laughs> And turgid isn't really the word. Um, it was too... Moribund? 
moribund. Yeah, it was two pretty average sides uh, on a very poor day as far as weather goes, playing out uh, a game of rugby that you probably wouldn't you probably wouldn't go out of your way to watch in November in the Premiership unless you were a supporter of those two teams. Yeah, this is a fixture that's been put together in the top tier of European rugby. Um, unfortunately for you, Ben, Bath uh, a bit hamstrung by uh, availability at the moment and uh, it only seems to be getting worse. Yeah, they got no one left, have they? Um you know, we said in the first few games that when, once they got their World Cup players back, then they might look a bit more like it. But it doesn't look like they're coming back. So, so Watson is uh, injured. Uh, doesn't sound as bad as they first thought. So what's that? Just into the new year, I think they're saying. Yeah. Um, Eddie managed to break Kokonasiga. Um, Falatau has been injured since he got there. Mercer's out for a while. Um, Yules, Yules is out for a while. Um, Henry Thomas is out for the season. Henry Thomas is like perma injured, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, he is. Yeah, ACL. There's a lot of players there though that are perma injured. You know, Falatau was never injured till he got to Bath, and he's been almost permanently injured since. Um, Thomas is injury prone, and you know they've they've lost a few players in the the off season. Um, and there's just not a lot of um, flair in that team when when you take all these players out. You've, you've got Rocker Daguni and McConaughey, I guess, will come back, and Joseph, and then you're sort of casting about a little bit, really. Um, I do, I do fear a little bit for Bath. I don't. I think they've put in a couple of forward performances that will probably keep them. Not out of the relegation trouble, but probably off the foot of the table. But um, it's not going to be a great season of entertainment at the wreck, I don't think at all. No, and they need to be uh, probably focusing on the Premiership than than trying to win the European Cup. I think the European Cup is a bonus <laughs> for Bath. I think that would have been a big a big shout early, even before the tournament starts. <laughs> <laughs> Let's concentrate on Europe this year, boys. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Well, we'll come on to Bath in a little bit. Obviously, they play um, the English team that play in black on Friday night. Um, talking of that team, they demolished the Ospreys on fr- uh, Saturday. I think it probably was. My brain's gone to mush. Um, nothing really to write home about. Some of the uh, World Cup stars returned, um, and the Ospreys absolutely litter. So, you know, I think um, I think Saracens, I think probably Saracens women's team, Saracens juniors, probably the under 15s um, who Nigel Ray's co-invested in um, some sweets business and their pog, uh, their pog collection is uh, there's a, there's yeah. a niche. niche Kids are well into pogs these days, mate. Well, you know, you never know. Um so uh, yeah, and Racing and Mon- Monster played out a um, did a you game. Did Russell try? I did. He he megged mate. Who did he? Who did he? Nutmeg. It's not that it really matters. Farrell maybe somebody else anyway. Um, but yeah, that was that was a nice piece of play. It made everybody jump across, jump along the let's all wank Finn Russell off train. <laughs> um, 
which seems to come along once a season, maybe a couple of times. It might come along during the Six Nations as well. It's, it's almost a competition to see who gets wanked off the most between him and Cipriani, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's a, he, he's a genius. He can do this, he can do that. I'm not disputing he's a very, very good player and a decent fly half. Um, but he has uh, the potency to shit the bed as equally as often as he is absolutely magical. Let's look, let's look at the 10 that was in the World Cup winning side. Not that type, is he? He's, he Hondri a... Pollard. Crash ball. Good. Crash ball 10. Crash. Bang. Kick. Wallop. What a fly half. <laughs> <laughs> Crash ball. That's a... We That's should do the that. Title. That's the episode title. Yeah. Don't go for the obvious. Um, yeah. Yeah. Go with Cipriani. See how far we go. <laughs> Um. Oh yeah. Let uh, next pool. Where are we? We are into uh, group four. Note group five. Uh, Toulouse on top with nine points. Montpellier five. Connacht four. And Gloucester have got two bonus points to speak of. Um. Joe Simpson seems to be the only person that that really wants to to turn up for Gloucester at the moment. Um. He scored again at the weekend. Uh, not of the the level of. Uh, try that he scored against Toulouse the other week, but uh, he is, you know, he's been a great signing for them. Strange one that that Wasps let him go, really, isn't it? Yeah, nice one. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I was going to say it was about probably related to something, and then I thought I shouldn't mention the two two letter phrase that rhymes with calorie sap. <laughs> yeah, no, no calorie saps on on this podcast. Um, and then into the uh, the fifth and well, that is the fifth and final pool. Um, so yeah, that was a really ramshackle, pointless, poor run through of the European competitions that's taken about 25 minutes of your time and ours. <laughs> <laughs> um, thanks, thanks for listening. Thanks for coming, everyone. Yeah, we'll edit that down to three minutes. Uh, no, we won't. Um, Right, let's talk about some rugby, uh, rugby-related rugby news. And the news today that Bristol, as of next season, have signed uh, Semi Radrada, which uh, is quite the coup, which has, le- which has led almost every non-Bristol fan, and when I say non-Bristol fan, I mean every Saracens fan that I've seen on Twitter, lead to oh how are bristol how are bristol affording this they must be breaking the calorie sap as well um but you know we talk about marquee players it looks as though here uh, pietau and Rodrada will be the the marquee players it looks lua tua contract right no i think pietau's got one more year isn't he lua tua lua tua's out of contract and madigan and I would have thought Madigan's been costing them a fair few quid yeah, to well, be a, to be absolute. They've got that young lad, haven't they, as well? And he's dog shit. Yeah. Uh, you, you can you can you can sign Ridrada, but you will have to leave Madigan go. <laughs> hey, hey, Pat. Here's did you imagine the conversation between Steve Lansdowne and Pat Lamb? <laughs> here, um, here, Pat. Right. Um, we're going to give you some money to buy this Radrara fella. Um, and, but you've got to let uh, Ian Radigan go. 
What do you think about oh, that? No way, bro. <laughs> I, was wait- I was waiting for Russell's um, I- I wasn't Pat Lamb impression. Pat. <laughs> I-, I wasn't going to do Pat Lamb. I let-, I let Doug do that. I'd imagine that Lansdowne's arm is probably just torn off at the elbow. <laughs> I mean, uh, Redrada is probably, well, he's got to be up there with the hottest properties in world rugby at the moment, isn't he? And so I, hot right now. <laughs> Semi Redrada is so hot right now. Um, well, Brist- Bristol are really, you know, they're really going to town on it, aren't they? Yeah, I you think... guys are on fire tonight. By the way, Sorry, I'm, I'm really, I'm, I'm really glad busy. you, really glad you keep uh, sort of leaving those pregnant pauses. No, uh, look, um, obviously it's a big signing, but then Bristol have got the richest owner in the in the in the game, so they can afford to do it. And and for those people saying, oh well, how are they doing it with the salary cap? Well, we've just discussed that. And also, if they were, uh, there was a tweet yesterday that was like, if we wanted to sign him for a billion pounds a year, we could because he's a marquee player. It doesn't count against the cap. Like, what do you want us to do? Also, you don't know what their plans are in regard to getting rid of players at the end of the year. We've already discussed that Madigan might be gone. I wouldn't mind betting that one or two of the others will go. I can't remember exactly who they've got in their squad. Let me just bring that up. Well, interest, interestingly, a lot of their squad um, was with them in the championship, aren't they? I think John Afoa is another one that's going to yeah, be on, on a fair cue. Um, they've, they've got rid of... Um, well, they've just given... Um, one of their locks to the Chiefs, haven't they? Uh, to the Blues. Yeah. Um, Radigan could be gone. Um, what else are we looking at? Got a that plays for them. Are they from the Bobsay team? Um, uh, Ciale Piatal. He's not that. He's getting on a bit. Luke Morahan's getting on a bit. You know that there's players. Jordan Crane. He's yeah. well into the coaching setup now, so he might not be around. Um, Save a few quid, set old Redrada up with a bar down in yeah, South Mead or something. I'm not quite sure the situation is as sticky as the Saracens one. If you want, if Saracens fans want to come at it, then fine. But let's compare the Bristol squad with the Saracens squad and, um, you know, play a little game of uh, knifey spoony with who's earning the most money in those squads. <laughs> knifey spoony <laughs> it did lead me to an interesting question though so as far as marquee players go who is it is it released anywhere is is there a list of who the premiership clubs have nominated as their marquee players for instance i know no. last year saracens was i believe it was liam williams and shout burger um that was money well spent, wasn't it? Shout Burger. Yeah, uh, he was under contract for uh, three years. They were. He was there for a little while, um, but with that, with that in mind, you know, Exeter. You could say, well, obviously Stuart Hogg, who would be listed as the other one, because they can't list. Am I right in saying they can't list anybody that's involved with the elite performance of England? They're not marquee players. English players can't be marquee. In, players. English players can't be marquee players, can they? You would you would guess that Alex Cuthbert is the other one. Yeah, that's or true. Nick, Nick White, maybe. Yeah, yeah, potentially. So if we were to go through, you know, a very quick fire through the Premiership, um, who would be the marquee players 
for for each team. Do it and try and and try and work out. See if we can work out who they might be. So let's start with with Bristol currently. So you would think it was Lua to Would you say Lua Tua and Piatal, or would you say Madigan and Piatal? One of them's going to be a marquee, surely. I'd say In fact, Piatal. Yeah, because Madigan signed when they went down to the Premiership, didn't they? Uh, went down to the Championship, so we had a season there. Uh, Northampton, Dan Bigger. Yeah, Naivoro. Naivoro. You reckon he's a marquee player? Do you reckon they paid it? Yeah, well, true. Okay. Yeah, I think so. Um, I can't think who the other one would be. Really? No, that's fair enough. Haven't, uh, haven't you got a Frank? Look at the squad. Um, ben Franks is ben, it? He came. Ben, he came ben, from. No, um, I mean, I mean Franks. I mean Franks would be the other one this year. Because I would imagine that. I would imagine that Nairavoro wouldn't have been on that bigger money at Waratahs anyway. Sale and Gloucester next. That's going to be uh, a lot of South Africans, isn't it? Yeah. So Gloucester, you're probably looking at um, Creel. Yeah, or Mostert. But then those South African lads don't earn a lot of money. And that's make... and that's the point, isn't it? The South Africans, comparatively speaking, I mean, they're obviously got agents and and all that sort of stuff. So there would be. Um, they would know what the the market worth is, but interesting that they could, they could could they could they use Pledri as their marquee player if they wanted to? But I can't imagine he's on a lot of money. Woodward, he's Owen English, isn't he? Ooh. Woodward and Williams, maybe. Woodward and Williams. No, Woodward's English, isn't he? Yeah, no, he's not. He's listed as a Kiwi. He's never played for England. Ah, I wouldn't have thought he was marquee though. I don't think he's, he's been marquee. in England squad though, isn't he? I'd have thought yeah, it's it doesn't matter unless they, get, unless they get picked because John O'Ross has been in an England squad, hasn't he? I, it, to be fair with these South Africans, though, it's it's maybe less interest what they're getting paid in South Africa. It's what they would have earned in France if they weren't at Gloucester or Sale. So, you know, that's what they've got to pay them, isn't it, to get them there? So Mostert, I think, probably was a shout. Uh, I mean, Sale's got to be Lou Diego, right? Yeah, and Faf, I would have thought. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um... I suppose the thing with the South Africans coming over is that they do, they will have competitions from France for their signature, won't they? So that you would think that they would have to pay them a, like a European way. Yeah, ab- absolutely, and that's and that's my point that their agent their agents will know what their market worth would be, wouldn't they? Yeah, you would think anyway. So, well, we'll have to wait and see. What um, they should all do is get old um, Kieran Brooks's agent, because he is the best agent in the world. <laughs> do they pay? Well, they, they can get around the salary cap with Kieran Brooks, can't they? Pay him in bacon. Pay, well, pay they, 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 just feed, they just feed him. <laughs> um, relentlessly. Just imagine he's like, you remember that Simpsons episode where Homer gets sent to hell and he has to eat the donuts. <laughs> that was exactly what was in my mind as well. <laughs> um, let's drop down. Where uh, where do we get to? Gloucester Exeter. So we had Hog and Cuthbert, we think. London Irish. Um, oh. Naholo. 
Naholo would be one, wouldn't he? Surely. Naholo, I'd say so. <laughs> what? It just, uh, it just sounded funny. Just tickled me, that's all. Naholo, I'd say so. <laughs> <laughs> Very partridge. Um, I can't think of Bath have got a Spanish player playing for him. Maybe he's their marquee player. Jack Davis. Jack <laughs> from 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 the Zaragoza Davises. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jack Davis. From from K- <laughs> <laughs> Jack Davis from Cadith. <laughs> he actually, actually thinks he plays for Bass. <laughs> um Worcester. Who do you think Worcester's marquee players are? Don't don't tell me it's um, Ram Man. Don't tell me it's Ram Man. Did you hear me just snigger to myself earlier? But yeah, that that was why I was sniggering. I was trying to work out Worcesters, and that was the only name that I could think of. It's got to be the scrum half, isn't it? Yeah. Um, who ha? Who? But yeah. What is it good for? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> um, who? So who ha? And what is? Why can't I remember his name? Angry Potato, Lloyd Corns, <laughs> Andy Corns. I can't remember. Angry Potato. Oh, no, a mate of, my, mate of ours. Um, oh, Duncan Weir. Duncan Weir, there we go. Weir. There we go. It's um, not Bath. Francois Lowe. And Falatau. Yeah. Reeslin, yeah. maybe. If, if you're, if you're paid... Um, the, the lock. What's his name? Which one? Charteris. No, he's... Um... Oh, he's not playing anymore. Is no, he? he's not. No, and if and if Bath are paying for Reese Priestland to be a marquee player, then oh, you deserve relegation. Interesting. The reason I've been doing pregnant pauses is because I was looking through the Worcester squad, and I was just I was taken by how many non-English players they have. So I've just gone through the entire Premiership and tied up how many of the English players in each squad there are. Okay. So have a guess who you think have the most players based on percentage of English players. Of their squad in the Premiership, based on percentage of squad. Oh, um... and interestingly, so it's a bit of a weird one. But Exeter have sixty-seven listed first-team players, which is twenty more than the nearest. Oh, how do they stay under the salary cap? Um, okay, calorie sap, calorie sap. So, if I had to guess, proportionally of English players, fucking hell, that's an interesting question. Because Doug's is it is it Harlequins? Because Doug's, Doug's mentioned it, I'm going to say it's Northampton. No, I don't think it's Northampton. Northampton have 26 English players of 38 registered first team players. Which is, is about it, 30%. Is it Saracens? Is it, no, I hope it. No, I thought. I thought is it Harlequins? No, Saracens have 31 of 42. So about eighty percent. Well, seventy-five percent, really. Should we keep going until we get it? Uh, well, I can tell you if you like. Yeah, just just uh, tell us before we guess every club. Bath, who have got forty registered English first-team players Please. out of a forty-nine-man first-team squad. Do, do, and one well, of those is uh, Jack Davis. <laughs> Jack Jack Davis. Yeah, they've only got one Kiwi, Jackson Willison. Uh, they've got four Welshmen, an Argentinian, uh, the Spaniard, and a Zimbabwe international. Oh, and Francois Lowe. 
which uh, that surprises me really. Yeah. There you go. Um, Fuck facts. 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 London facts. Irish. Uh, Worcester have the least amount of English players in their squad. Fifteen. There you go. That was a real waste of time by me. <laughs> Thank you for that, though. Um, did we go through everybody then? Did we finish? Let, everybody? Let's say yes. Let's say yes. Um, I before we started recording, we didn't I do asked. Wasps. We didn't do wasps. Leicester, Fekitoa and Sopawaga. Yeah, wasps. Leicester. Hmm. Is it two or three players you get on there? Two. Are you sure? Yes. Two marquees. Yeah. And then they get they get all sorts of different um, subsidies and stuff. So Leicester would be. Lavanini, uh, would he? I, I don't know how many other players you know. And Palotta now, probably. Yeah. Palotta now, I'd imagine, but they can't have too many more yeah, big overseas. Cortez, they like paying a prop, don't they? <laughs> yeah, they're probably still paying Castro. They still got Yurt, sir. Uh, no, no, he's gone, no. isn't he? Oh, he he went back to what's it, didn't he? Argentina. Um, right. That's so. What we're talking about squads. Let's have a. I, I did ask for some um, questions just before we came on air. So I will ask a couple of said questions. One of them from a long-time listener, Frank Frank Aldinio on Twitter. Should there be separate squads and, uh, allowed for European competition so English teams could have predominantly domestic players in the league and then add short-term Southern Hemisphere players for Europe, which would be outside of the salary cap? Arguably, it's what Leinster do already. So I guess a bit like the, the cricket-type T20 players or players coming in to play in European competition that don't have the salary cap, Ben? Quinn's might not be far off doing that. Why'd you say that? Well, if they can bring in New Zealand players short term. Oh, would they link up with the Blues? Yeah. It's an interesting question. I mean, I don't I don't see why... If French teams obviously don't have a salary cap, so they can pay whatever it is they do... Then why shouldn't English players? I mean, technically, sort of Leinster kind of do that already, don't they? In in the pro four, in the top four, pro fourteen, they rest a lot of their side. You think of how many players, how many games the likes of Sexton, um, Ring Rose, and that actually play over a season. It's not many, is it? I mean, to be honest, I've not seen enough chat about salary caps on Twitter recently, so. If they brought this rule in, we could we could get some more of it. <laughs> oh, you bitch! <laughs> um, no, I think it's a daft idea. I, I don't think it'd work either because you know you need to play together to win together. Uh, you need you, it's not like cricket where you've got a bloke who just stands out there for five overs and belts lever off a ball, is it? Or bowls three overs? It's cohesion and knowledge of moves and I think the way what I would say is the way the game's going is I can see the RFU introducing a a competition in direct competition with the premiership to get control back Um, introducing like super rugby 
you know, the unions getting together and introducing Super Rugby as a British tournament to rival Pro 14 money-wise and saying to the clubs, well, you had your chance and you you just kept stitching each other up. So, Well, there, there, there's, the, there's, there's always that background talk of the, the European League, isn't there? You know? Yeah. And then you've got the European League. But and... not even a European League, just the England, Ireland. Yeah, so like the, the home nations. It, it would league. make sense for Wales to have a... You know, a re- uh, two regions. England have three or f- you know three, maybe four regions. Scotland have two. Ireland have three or four. Um, well, Wales would need, you know, we. Well, we you could you could have you could have two, two eight team conferences or something, couldn't yeah, you? Yeah, funded by the regions that rival Super Rugby to, you know, and I guess you could do it with so you you could do it with South Africa and and France as well, and and make it like a the super rugby competition and let the premiership sort of go the way of the ITM cup and the curry cup and all that kind of stuff. I mean, they, they, they were talk of the, the super rugby letting South Africa loose out of that as well, isn't there? Yeah. Which, uh, which would be interesting. Um, Dan, thank you. So Dan of, so Dan of C, Doug, you've already answered this question. Um, any tips for getting decals to sit nicely on a model Lancaster? Um, and you've obviously found him some uh, nice acrylic-based, uh, resin-based solution. So uh, public service as well as rugby podcast. Yeah, um, Huh? Yeah, on that airbrush as well for painting. You love that shit, don't you? That model-making stuff. I'm surprised you got the patience for it, in all honesty. Um, well, my public persona does not mirror my personal life. <laughs> your character of the Chinese lensman does not match exactly. have you Doug have you been using this model making time to sort of knock up a diorama of a fleet of Lancaster bombers flattening Alliance Park flattening where Alliance Park not Alliance Park then as, as you just said you better knock it on the head some with your pronunciations last week. What? Where did I go last week with was pronunciations? It not last week, the week before with uh, the CU Underhill thing. Uh, I can't even remember. Um, I've got a, a question from uh, Yuki thing, a question from Jacques, who is at the Yellow Cap on Twitter. He is our um, South African friend who just wants to know who is the world champions of rugby. I did promise that uh, that I would get Jack on the pop on the podcast to give him his uh, his moment in the sun following uh, South Africa's victory. You know, we had a good discussion over the Owen Farrell and the the Autumn International last year, so we'll get him on at some point uh, to talk a little bit about South Africa. Um, Alex, who I know is an extra fan, as Salary Sons Gate. Keep on with it and make sure they're above ball for nineteen twenty, or get on with it and let the boys play using the the Ed Chasers uh, phrase. There, they've been done. It's it's kind of all over. The money that they've had paid in co investments, as far as I understand, is all now water under the bridge, dead money. You know, they've been punished for those payments. You know, historically, not posthumously, because no one's dead. Um, I've made that mistake before. Integrity's dead, Russ. Integrity's dead. Well, so 
do we just let it go now? There's still a lot of fury rolling around, probably more fueled by social media and Twitter than than the clubs themselves. Tony Rose on about banning Nigel Ray from Sandy Park, and you know Neil Fistler trying to incite hatred between um, Saracens and Exeter fans. You know, with pitchforks heading down the M5. What uh, what do you think? Should we just get on with it now? They've had the punishment and and let let bygones be bygones. Let's stop talking yeah. about it. I think so. Yeah, enough's enough now. Um, it doesn't make it right, but people saying that you know their squad's not compliant now aren't looking sort of three years down the road because they're not going to be able to restructure those contracts based on however they restructured them this time. So those co-investments aren't going to be able to be re-co-invested. So the next time Maratoji comes to sign on, they're going to have to pay him what he's actually worth. And then yeah. uh, their squad will disintegrate. So we just got to put up with their shit for another couple of years and then they'll sort of join the pack again. Cool. Um, I'm, I'm, quite looking for, I'm quite looking forward to seeing motivated Saracens every week this year. Oh yeah, I can't wait. I think they could see all those, you know, screaming idiots every time there's a bloody knock on high five, you know, backs running for 40 yards across the field to high five a prop who's just collapsed the scrum. Slap him on the arse. Yeah, love it. Love all that. Can't wait. Couple of double pat releases. Some some teams are going to get obliterated though, aren't they? Oh, probably starting with Bath on Friday. But uh, we'll we'll come on to that. Um, It will all be tainted. It will, sadly. Um, a question from James um, who, uh, at Peak Thinking, who is also our Rugby Saracens friend. Uh, a question, ironic that he should be asking have a question. you just given away his cover ID? I don't know, have I? Maybe. Just blown it, mate. No, who knows? I'm sure he'll find out. Um, how does Premiership Rugby restore trust and confidence from the fans in compliance with the salary cap restrictions? For example, brilliant signing from Bristol today for next season, but the first response of many is the question to cap adherence is Two the things. answer to publish all salary data. Two things. Premiership Rugby does not have to establish trust. Saracens do. And most of the people talking about the salary cap thing about Bristol were Saracens fans. So, you know. Yeah, I'd, su- I'd, I'd suggest uh, phrasing the question differently or um, admitting that your club are cheats. <laughs> answer the question, James. He still hasn't answered it. <laughs> ben, just in you case think? you don't, just in case you can't remember the question, because I do believe that that was a thing that you uh, maybe brought up on Twitter, James. The question was, how would you feel if your club was actually proven to be found guilty of this stuff? Would it change how you felt about Saracens? And, you know, are you cool with it? And, and your silence speaks volumes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Um, yeah. Ben, yeah. do you have anything? <laughs> wow. Ben, do you have anything on this? Nah. 
Okay. And then finally, um, a podcast I don't listen to, but Doug, I know you listen to it. Um, did you hear Stephen Jones' delusional meltdown? Well, I don't listen to Stephen uh, Jones. Are you ever so, so it, it must have been Phil that's been doing all the tweeting about this then. And Phil's not here tonight, as we know. Um, but Paul Simmons asked, did you hear Stephen Jones' delusional meltdown on the ruck about Saracens? I thought Delalio came close to punching his ball sack face in. <laughs> Which would have been amazing. Can you imagine, like, big lull through? I mean, you know, lulls at his moments. Let's, the funny let's... thing is, I, I bet, I bet, um, I bet Jones would, you know, you know, are we, uh, anyone who he disagrees with on Twitter, he says, like, really patronizing things like Sonny or listen here, um, Pally and stuff like that. Could you imagine him saying that to Lawrence Lalio and then just eating a face full of, like, <laughs> baby calf sized <laughs> 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 Um, no, look, Stephen Jones is one of the worst human beings on the planet. <laughs> I, if I had a gun and two bullets and I was in a room with Stephen Jones and Donald Trump, I'd shoot Stephen Jones twice. <laughs> really, really interesting. Ben? <laughs> My name is Phil Elkins. <laughs> at, at Phil Farmvet. <laughs> I'm out with people. Don't care. Uh, someone said on Twitter they should rename the podcast The Breakdown. <laughs> Is that because that's what most people are having on Twitter? <laughs> I, think they thought, I think they thought that's what um, our friend the Bullsack was having. Uh, a King Edward. Is that what you, call, you think he's a Maris Piper? Mrs. Piper? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> maybe, that's, maybe that's her Steve, first name. Because J, but JB said something about how the, he must sound like that on Egg Chasers. And I said, and I replied to him, yeah, but at least you don't look like a Maris Piper. It just makes me want to retweet that picture of me and uh, of Stephen Jones and an actual scrotum side by side to see, you know, to see the, the, like, the likeness. He's got one of you with Dan Cole, though, so. Oh, uh, yeah. I'd like to see him tweet. I'd like to see him tweet it. I'll block him. Um, my my, uh, what I, I did want to bring up about sort of these Twitter celebrity journo people. Um, yeah, I think you know who we're talking about. The, the just the sheer arrogance with which they hold their opinion and sort of like we do this as a bit of a laugh. We've got opinions about rugby, but we would never, we would never ever try and dismiss other people's views as rubbish just because they didn't go to university for three years to do a journalism degree which is essentially like you know basically going you've you've gone and had a party for three years and you've written in the in the university newspaper that's what you've done you know you don't you don't your opinion about rugby isn't any more valid or any less valid than anyone else's i just don't understand why you those people feel the need to little people online just because they dare to have an opinion that's in opposition to theirs because they write for a newspaper and that's the thing isn't it it's that it's that entitlement you know ever since the the advent of twitter and or probably latter latterly podcasts where anyone like us can you know jump on a microphone and record a skype call you know the the fact that people like Ballsack face feel so threatened about their profession, and it's only because 
they are they are they they are scared of being found out to be the kind of frauds that they are. Well, my my, my thing. On some that, some of them, you know, not the by reason, any means all of them. The reason this medium came about was because people were tired of listening to that same old shit and being, you know, they wanted to get their opinion out. And Stephen Jones, I think, has shown his colours because he, you know, he has he has to protect relationships to get inside access to these clubs. So he's never going to go on a podcast and slate Saracens, is he? Because what's he going to do when he turns up at Saracens and asks for an interview with Nigel Ray? He's going to get told to fuck off. It's a true story. So but he then can't, can't have he can't have an honest opinion because it's professional suicide. But then you can have a balanced opinion rather even than I'm going to suck Nigel Ray off opinion. Saracens being the club that they are and being the most successful club, they're going to get written about most so he has to protect that relationship and by doing so he's he's not being balanced he's he's you know anyway yeah i, I know where you're coming from I, I do agree ben have you got any any anything to add on that one um no Tw- twitter's getting on my nerves at the moment it's just i just i just want to look at Pictures of square sheep and <laughs> square sheep. Yeah, the the absolute unit and and grumpy Skeletor and Lord Buckethead. That's that's the content I'm there for. Out out of context, Hearn. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Phil okay. Mitchell. What's the Phil Mitchell one? Oh, I don't know. There's a Phil Mitchell one. Yeah, this guy does sort of collages of pictures with like. Be like Trump and Boris and Katie Hopkins running out of a burning building, but the one thing they've all got in common is Phil Mitchell's in all of them. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, uh, Cold War Phil. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> check that one out if uh, if you don't already. I'm going to go and find it in a minute. Um, let's move out of. Uh... <laughs> Very good. I'm going to I'm going to tweet a photo in a bit. Um, oh no, don't tweet that. You can't tweet that. I can. I'll tweet it from my personal account. How about okay. that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, um, what was I going to say? Fan, I quite fancy a digestive biscuit. That's a very spiper, mate. I, <laughs> let's, let's move on to from question corner to this weekend. Um, <laughs> Bath's depleted resources, Ben, entertain... Saracens this weekend with the likelihood of of more World Cup stars coming back into um, coming back into play doesn't look too good for Bath this weekend. No, so someone was someone was saying the other week how depleted at fullback Saracens must be with no Good and no Liam Williams. So they've only got Elliot Daly now. So um, <laughs> the guy who started a World Cup final at fullback. So um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm going to watch it, and uh, I suspect I won't enjoy it. Well, we, we can actually come back on, on Monday, because we will be back next Monday, back in our regular slot, and uh, and actually talk about some genuine rugby action, like it says in our the intro that I do. Um, then on Saturday, we have got... Uh, who have we got while I check my fixture list? It is Exeter at home to Wasps. Um, home win. 
I think it's it's fairly obvious that Wasps have struggled a bit this season. Um, Sopwanger and and Fekitoa seem to be taking it well as marquee players as they should, um, taking it all upon their shoulders. But they're they have not got a lot around them at all to be able to to work with, um, and it could be a long old season for Wasps. Um, it's the big one at Franklin's Gardens, Doug. Yeah, that playing that championship club that are sort of scraping by in the premiership. I mean, good luck to them. I hope they stay up. You know what's going to happen. No, you don't. Um, but you know what's going to happen, don't you? Northampton are flying, playing well in Europe, doing all the all the good stuff. Tigers are struggling. Stinks of a, a 9-6, doesn't it? Or a 6-9. Stinks of 30-odd points, to be fair. I don't, I don't think that'll happen. And um, Sale go to Worcester. Um <laughs> Doug keeps uh, what's up in me photographs of Stephen Jones in various positions um, <laughs> and then on Sunday live BT Sport game uh, will be the people London Irish no it's Harlequins versus Gloucester isn't it on uh, on BT unless I'm very much mistaken and Bristol versus London Irish um, big spend in Bristol Steve Lansdowne getting all the people down at Ashton Gate, um, having a right old merry time. So uh, that's, where, that's where you are, aren't it, Doug? Yeah, on the weekend? I'm doing Worcester and Exeter this week. So uh, Worcester we, and Bristol, sorry. Worcester and Bristol. So we've recently been uh, followed by um, a podcast coming out of Bristol called uh, Bears at the Gate, I think it's called, which is quite a quite a nifty title for a, for a podcast. Yeah, it's better than ours, isn't it? Yeah, well, ours has been... We're nearly, you know, we're three and a half years old. We we could always. Are we really? Uh, That's a colossal waste of time, isn't it? Real, if you look back through how many episodes we've done and how long those episodes are, it really, really is. Twenty-five in dog years, isn't it? Oh wait, we've been going for long enough this evening, let alone anything <laughs> else. <laughs> um, but yeah, so if uh, Brist uh, at Paul, at P Breely. Um, who's been in touch for a little bit is Bristol Saint on Twitter. Um, if you're at Ashton Gate on Sunday, see if you can uh, drop us a tweet, and you might be able to meet the the legend that is a lensman. You know, you you might have to uh, might have to make some some appointment time. Obviously, he's going to be pretty busy, and uh, you know nobody's actually not too many people have met the lensman in the flesh, um, and you'll be you know you'll be surprised. Um, that's I'm it. actually quite nice. Yeah, he is. And he might even buy you a drink, but that's unlikely. Uh, yeah, no, that's not going to happen. <laughs> you can um, buy me one. If well, you meet me. If, if you meet me, you can buy me a drink. Um, yeah. Right, let's... I'm getting this for free. I might as well get something out of it. Let's, uh, let's get into some any other business, shall we? Ben, what have you got? Um... Television recommendation. Been watching um, Big Mouth on Netflix, animated series. Uh, it's really, really funny. Um, these teenagers, they uh, hit a certain age and a, a hormone monster appears and gives them appalling advice. And uh, it's, a, it's a very good watch. Um, but my main other business is um, it's, about the, it's about kids today. <laughs> the, the youth of today? I am. Um, I, I or or kids today. Uh, the youth of today, yeah. 
Um, I wasn't here last week because I was on a trip to London with two of the lads from my office. We went to uh, an event in London and um, one of them was uh, both in their early 20s and both of them were in bed by 9pm on uh, both evenings. Absolutely disgusting. Scandalous. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, right. (laughs) The photo, I can't even... I can't even. I can't even. I'm gonna. Ha- I'm gonna have. To, I'm gonna have to tweet that from my personal account. <laughs> if I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna. So if you're listening to this tomorrow, you will now just see what I have tweeted. Right. Okay. Right. I at, at twenty uh, twenty one twenty on the twenty seventh of November. Check out at Russ Milsom and look at my tweet. I am. Um, I think you should. You, you know in uh, Bravo 2-0 by Andy McNabb, which which actually actually improves with every read. Um, <laughs> you know the little black lines over the eyes? I think you should do that. <laughs> <laughs> to protect the innocent. <laughs> we might you, Russ, you might get uh, you might get threatened with libel though by um, yeah. by Steve. Just put, well just, he's he's blocked he's blocked me, mate, so he's not gonna oh, see cool, it, is he? Cool. Just just oh. put the little black the little black box in front of both their eyes and we'll all, we'll all know who it is. <laughs> okay, I'll do that. I'll do that. Anyway, Ben, you were talking about the youth for today. Sorry, mate. Yeah. Both, for that. both of them. Early nights, both nights. I mean, there is the possibility they were just telling me they were going to bed and then sneaking back out to nightclubs or whatever it is kids do nowadays. But um, yeah, I was really surprised. I was looking forward to a, an away day. Tour. Cool. It's and been disjointed tonight, isn't it? it has been a bit disjointed. I don't know why. I, I don't know why I'm. Uh, don't know why. Is it because you're photoshopping really crude images <laughs> every two seconds? I'm not doing anything. I don't know what you're talking about. I love the work. That second one is perfect. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's being it's being done now. Um, yeah. So, Doug, any other business from you? Uh, any other business? I've been rewatching Phone Shop, which, if you don't haven't seen it, it's on uh, Four on Demand, which is very good, um, very funny indeed. But I wanted to talk about uh, England, the England cricket team, and how long we can let this debacle play out. What the Test team? Test team, yeah. Let's uh, and also the hundred. Have you seen the names of the teams? Yes. <laughs> Seriously, have have you? Can I read them out to you? Yeah. Um, okay, so we have, in no particular order, because they're all just so awful, um, we have the London Spirit, yeah. which, I mean, why? What, I mean... So, who is that appealing to? Who goes, oh, I might go and watch the Spirit tonight? Apart from assholes. <laughs> Birmingham Phoenix. Why are they Phoenix? Where have they risen from? There was already a T20 team in Birmingham. They were called the Bears because of the logo on the county cricket team's shirt, which was a bear. Why Phoenix? Manchester Originals. There is nothing original about that. Nothing. 
Oval Invincibles, they're guaranteed to lose their first game, rendering their nickname moot. <laughs> Southern Brave, why are they brave? So ruddy, so ruddy. The other teams aren't brave. So ruddy, bloody brave. Trent Rockets, the only rocket mate is the guy that came up with the hundred. Northern Superchargers. No, I've got I've got no words for that. And the and the Welsh Fire, which they've put the Welsh translation in next to it, which is. I'm not going to try and say that. It's. It's like they've they've got they've got a six year old boy, <laughs> given him a load of like drumstick sweets and curly whirlies and gone, right Timmy, come up with eight really cool super dude names for cricket teams. And he's gone, um, um, superchargers, brilliant. Here's a ten grand bonus for that one. Uh, well, they've nicked that. They've nicked that from the IPL anyway, haven't they? It's just bollocks. I, I hope it is an utter disaster. I really do. I, and I'm probably going to be working on some of it this year, but I'm not going to be. I'm not going to be trying. <laughs> and and they've for, all been, for the for the record, they've all been sponsored by '80s crisp packets as well. Have you yeah, seen? Yeah. Have you in, seen in the in shirts? A, in a real, real positive move for childhood obesity. Yeah, and one of them sponsored by salt, the Skips. Salt and Shake. Just, no, just you've got there K, are KP nuts, skips. Hula have you seen who the coaches are? Yeah, there isn't an English coach amongst them. Jai Wardner, Tom Moody, Shane Warne, Gary Kirsten, Stephen Fleming, Andrew Donald, Darren Lehman, and Simon Katic. Who is this tournament for? Who is it for? Is it because from what I can see, it's to sell rights to India. It's not for the good of the game. It's to make a bit of money, like seedy dirty money from indians and you know to to the detriment of the whole game of cricket i hate everything about it the end good um thank you did you want to say anything about that you you started off that that sort of trail with um the england test team who oh uh, no I, I sort of went down a rabbit hole i mean that needs to be addressed um, Joe Root, I'm sorry, mate. You're a fantastic cricketer. I, I want Joe Root back. I want him not being a captain. Um, but I also want some players that know how to play uh, test cricket, not 100-ball sham cricket. It's not even cricket, is it? Can't even call it cricket. <clears throat> okay. Um, I had loads of different things that I wanted to talk about on any other business. Um, and weirdly, I can't think of any one of them specifically. So I'm going to kind of give it a miss this week. Um, so, yeah, go and check out my tweet from tonight because it's funny. I'm, I, I won't retweet it from the all over um, account, although I might. I might just like it. We'll see what happens. Um, but, yeah, we'll, we will be back next week. Uh, hopefully the three of us will be joined by a special guest. Um, hopefully the farm vet will be back as well. Um, to add a little bit of eye candy to proceedings, and uh, yeah, we'll we'll leave it at that. Um, thanks for listening. I cannot believe you tweeted that. Why not? What's the worst that could happen? <laughs> I just can't believe you tweeted that. <laughs> <laughs> so good, so uh, good. Um, and, I'd just and, like to say that I was nothing to do with that. 
and if you uh, and if you are listening this far, thank you. Thank you for listening last week. Thank you for all the support, the feedback, the comments, and everything um, that you gave. It, it means it makes it all worthwhile when when you get close to potentially, you know, drawing things to a close. You know, we enjoy doing it, but we also enjoy the feedback and the uh, the bit of pleasure that it seems to give other people as well. So it means a lot to us. Absolutely. Um, just quickly, Clive James has died. I don't know if he you has. Know. Yeah, which um, never listened to him commentating on Formula One. That's well worth a listen. No, but, I have... uh, yeah, I'd like to echo uh, Russ's statement about that because it really is quite cool that we get to interact with a load of people about something that we all enjoy. Yeah, absolutely. Ben, I've I've got a request. It's Patrick, isn't it, that does the um, pie charts? Yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of partridge in this one, but um, I'm I'm quite colourblind, so um, I find them really hard to read. So uh, would, would you would you would you like labels? Yes, please. Yeah. So Patrick, if, if possible, if, if, what colours can't you see, Ben? Uh, so any sort of green and uh, brown. So got to be pretty tricky as a farmer, being as everything is either green or brown until it goes yellow. Um, mud and grass. How do you know which bit? Well, how do you know which bit's ploughed and which bit isn't? Well, I'm I'm not really a farmer. I've, I'm just sort of a farmer. From a farming family. Yeah, farmer oh, Jason. Jason. <laughs> um, I mean, my my worst thing is it makes it makes choosing tweed difficult. <laughs> First world problems. Yeah. But um, yeah. But any any sort of turquoises or, or or greens and browns and things, I find very difficult. So so maybe more primary colours. There you go, Patrick. Yeah, Patrick, if you're going to do it, do it right, mate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Do it for Ben. Justice for Ben. Um, what was it we were going to call this episode? Crash Brown Wallet. What a fly off. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And I'm and for the record, I'm going to delete that tweet of uh, Stephen Jones and Nigel Ray. Probably an idea, mate. Yeah, yeah, it's gone. It's gone. <laughs> Deleted. Hopefully, nobody screenshot it. That'd be awkward, wouldn't it? And uh, I, I have the filth knocking at my door tomorrow morning. And by that, I mean a Saracens fan. Um, just joking. Just joking, Saracens fans. We love this you. Po- this podcast has gone on for about three days now. It, it has. Yeah, it's like an hour and twenty minutes. Anyway, we'll uh, we'll be back on Monday. Um, go well. Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.